Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need for ovens when you're waking, baking Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H cubed up in this bitch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We back with another episode for y'all this week. We're going to hit y'all with a regular episode this week, so definitely stay tuned for the incoming album review. Uh, my man, uh, Royce the 5-9 album, which I can't think of the album name right now. <laughs> the Allegory. So, the Allegory. So we, that's definitely going to come within the next week or so, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Yes, sir. Uh, but this week, we're just going to hit y'all with a regular episode, man. We're going to talk about a little bit of the wild shit that's going on, and, you know, just talk about... Also, I don't know when it's gonna release, but it's it's, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. I want to say, yes, sir. So definitely, this is the Valentine's Day edition. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if you want to just get started on that. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that, dog. Go ahead, start it off. All right, y'all. So we were talking about, you know, before the show about how pretty much like love songs. I feel like kind of like if you compare like love songs from the '90s or like early rap, really to now, it, it's such a different dynamic. Like, because we were talking about a lot of the, you know, really popular love songs in the 90s. Rappers kind of had, like, a role to play, kind of, if that makes sense. Which, they were kind of, like, the, the, the tough ones to kind of keep a certain energy to the song. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just I just brought up Real Love Remix featuring Biggie. And how Biggie's verse essentially has nothing to do with, <laughs> with what the actual song is about. Yep. Uh, and, and again, I just feel like the, that was the climate that it was where, like... You know, it was kind of, it really wasn't cool to be vulnerable as a man in rap. You know, that's just that's just the, the honest truth. And even as a female, really, because I feel like it was, like, if you look at, like, Lil' Kim early on, like, we, we just reviewed her album not too long ago. Shameless plug, go check that out. Yep, yep. But, um, like, even a lot of her songs, like, I feel like there was very few songs where she was vulnerable. And this is her as a woman, you know, who's, you know, you would think is a little bit more vulnerable than a man, especially in that time. But even her, like, I feel like there wasn't, it wasn't really room for rappers to kind of show that side you know what i mean in, in that time but i feel like when you look at rappers now you know um, a lot of the biggest rappers you know if you look at the biggest rapper in the last 10 years maybe even 15 years uh drake he's pretty much he i mean he for god's sakes he has a, a album called certified lover boy coming out in a couple months <laughs> so that i mean he's certified stamp you know what i mean so it, it's just crazy like that's the face of rap is drake like if anybody gets a cover or, or uh, i mean a feature from drake now it's it's you know it's 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 a fucking golden ticket you know what i mean so it, it's just i don't know and, and mind you you know he's a super emotional dude you got guys like like juice world uh who before he passed had a really really big following and his biggest song uh was you know a love song essentially so I don't know, man. It's just kind of crazy, you know, like that, like the dynamic has changed a lot. And, you know, I'm sure you you probably see it a lot more since, you know, you were, you know, you were older when when that kind of music was still, you know, popping. And shit. Yeah. 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 No, I can tell you um, it's definitely true. There is definitely more of a um, more of a note of uh, vulnerability when it comes to the artist. And before it was always like you had to play that uh, or the rapper would have to play that delicate balancing game of I can only show so much emotion 
before you know i have to remember you know i have to remind niggas that i'm still gangster out here blah 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 yeah. so you get songs like slipping from dmx which are fucking fantastic songs and they're very open and emotional songs and very free songs but at the same time the nigga is still hard as shit in that joint and it's still very dmx when delivering those lyrics right. even though yeah. it's like a, the beat is very like very soft like you know the 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 beat for the song is very soft the lyrics right. are way softer than anything else on that album that slipping is on you know what i'm saying like right. fresh right. my flesh it's everything else is way different than that song but that song still has that note of just hard nigga that you can tell is in there and then you get yeah. you get niggas like you were saying juice world or even the king of it like you said king cuddy they all came out just yeah. kind of pouring their emotions out and letting it all just be on the record. And that's definitely something that has continued on now with a lot of the mumble rappers. And I really don't see it stopping. And because it's like, it's right now, it's either that you're one of those emotional type jumps or yeah. you're the too, too hard jumps trying to. For sure. And, 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 and you know, we were just talking before the show about um, YNW Melly who. He's he's a rapper who who does both. Like if you listen to uh the song that I sent you, uh Seven Seven Two Love, that's pretty much a Beyonce cover or not Beyonce, a Destiny Child cover, and like it, it's literally a love song. Like it's one hundred percent a love song. He's he's singing in that joint. So like if if that was the only song you heard about YNW Melly, you would have absolutely no idea that this nigga is in jail right now for allegedly killing both of his best friends. Yeah. You know what I'm Damn. So you know what I mean, like, and he's like, if you listen to, I mean, he he's the guy who wrote the song "Murder on My Mind." You know what I mean? So oh, what? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. That's just okay. I had to check out but, this song then because I know that one. No, I'm telling you. So it, it's just crazy that like you have a song like like his that's "Murder on My Mind." It's probably his biggest song just because of I guess the surrounding murder case around it, pretty much. And, uh, and, and this song that I sent you that I, I think that's one of his other biggest songs, but it's just, it's crazy that the time that we live in, rappers are able to show both sides and still be credible on both sides. Yeah. Because, because he'll, he'll get the love from a lot of the girls and just a lot of people, like the mainstream in general for the, for the love songs, but he'll get like the hood on his back, uh, with, with a lot of the, you know, the crazy gangster violence songs. So right now, I mean, we've discussed this many times, but there is no definitive, difference between a lot of r&b and hip-hop so now mm. since a lot of the rappers are more singing way more melodic even though it's auto, a lot of it's auto-tune they're kind of fulfilling what r&b did because it's not there so it's almost like yeah, they're, no. they're 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 pulling double duty from what a 90s slash a 2000s maybe even up to about 2010s rapper would have done you know what i'm saying no that's a fact that's a fact i agree I don't know, man. It, 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 I mean, I'm sure even for you, who's a, a way bigger R&B fan than I am, even though I do like, I do like R&B music. Um, but, um, I, I do agree that I feel like with that, like you said, it's kind of filled the role, at least for the, for the average consumer. Obviously, you got people like yourself who, you know, you hear that shit and you're like, nigga, get this shit out of here. Give me, <laughs> give me that real shit. Give me that raw shit. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I just find it, I think it's a good thing because it kind of opens the doors as far as rap goes. It kind of expands it more. And especially now that rap is pretty much pop music. It's the biggest genre. It's the most it's the most influential genre, yeah, without a doubt, in, sure. in, in all of music. 
So I feel like because of that, because of that, I feel like that's why that happened too. You know what I mean? Because R and B, I mean, you could argue that it was way bigger. I guess in the nineties, late nineties. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? even 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 like mid two thousands, I feel like there was still R and B artists. Like you know, like you got guys like Neo. You got guys like uh, Jay Holiday even mm-hmm. from DC. Still got Lloyd out uh, there doing things. Omarion Lloyd. was still out there pushing music. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like when's the like if you think about it right, a lot of the R and B are a lot of them. Not not everybody, but a lot of the R and B artists are still artists that came out back then. Like Chris Brown is another guy that came out back then. Mm-hmm. He's still doing his thing now. But even now, like like the only R and B artist I could think of besides like Ella May, who who came out a couple years ago, and, and her who I, I fuck with hard. Mm-hmm. It's like Miguel's been around for a while. I can't exactly. I think maybe 2013 is when Miguel came out, I think. Probably. Probably. Um, But again, like he hits like he'll hit for a while and then he just kind of fades out and blah, blah, blah. And he's Mm -hmm. never really thought of like that. Shit. Even John Legend. We all know John Legend is still active and he's been out here since the early 2000s. But like he is at that point in his career where he should be one of the R&B gods at that point. You know what I'm saying? And and like nah, doesn't really have to do shit. He damn near on Mariah level right now. Like you know, Mariah's Mariah's in the in the sky right now. Mariah's the motherfucking oh, yeah. sun when, when it comes to R and B singers. But like John Legend yeah. is a motherfucking star right underneath that bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like he nah. he's and, got. And you know, honestly, I think Miguel has the talent to be up there too. Oh yeah. But the motherfucker just like you said, he just disappears and goes away, and then you know comes back and you know. Hey, same thing with your boy Frank Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Ocean has the 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 ability, the talent, the stage presence, everything in his musical yeah. composings to fucking be in the stratosphere of R and B. But it's like he just chooses to chill. He's like, what? I drop y'all two albums back to back after like six or seven years from the last time I dropped the album. Let yeah. y'all sit on that, and it's like what three, four years later now. And this nigga's still like, he's just chilling. He he not a not a not an EP, not a not a not a track out all randomly, not even a, a featured on somebody else's shit. Now I'm I'm not gonna sit here and, and act like a casual Frank Ocean fan. I I I kill myself if I let myself do that. But because he ha- he actually did drop a couple of singles in the last year or so that were okay. But but again, I, I just feel like especially for Frank Ocean's music, I feel like there's very few songs of his that are actually mainstream friendly if you make if that makes any sense because i i actually like a lot of the songs that he's dropped uh since his last album which is kind of why i'm not really fiending as much as i was before because i remember before i don't know if you remember but i was like fiending for that new album when that joint came out but now it's actually been longer since that album came out since that since the last album before that so it's been five years and before that it had only been four now granted and i i want to say uh frank ocean his, he lost his brother during COVID. I think he got in a car accident or something like that. Oh, damn. So I, I'm pretty sure that's probably going to put a halt on whatever he had planned music, <clears throat> especially since Frank is somebody who's, uh, whose music is very very personal most of the time, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, who knows when we're, we're going to get music from him, but definitely take your time, King. We're waiting and we're always going to be waiting. But, um, okay. but yeah, but, but back to the topic, though, you know, um, you know, it, it's just... I don't know, man. It's it's crazy that that you know we're at that point where it's really. I don't want to say there's not a need for it, but like that need is already getting satisfied by you know rappers with Alton now, essentially. Yeah, and it, but I mean, I feel like it could just it it would just be so much more of a better effect 
if we actually got people out there with more vocal talent and vocal ability that don't necessarily need to be auto-tuned in yeah. order to make a very nice emotional song. But Yeah, thanks. I already thanks. know how I, I feel about auto-tune, so. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about one of America's biggest biggest happenings recently. The Super Bowl was last weekend. Yep. And the Kansas City Chiefs played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski dragged that Buccaneers team. Look. <laughs> let, let, let me just say this, man. Let me just say I wish I would have been more than twenty dollars last week. Because your boy would have been your boy got some free lunch and um now I wish I would have had a little bit more than that now. Because look, you never bet against the GOAT, y'all. It don't matter if it's Tom Brady, it don't matter if it's Michael Jordan when he was in Chicago, it don't fucking matter if it's Messi or Ronaldo against the GOAT. It just it's just gonna be bad for you, man. And and you know, I know this isn't a sports uh joint, but the truth is Sports and hip hop, I feel like a lot of times is kind of mutually connected. Very much, uh, especially with uh, hip hop being the, the forefront of music right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know commercials, a lot of all that shit have hip hop based you know just themes around it. So I feel like I feel like it's fair for us to cover it. But Tom Brady, you just don't bet against the go, man. You you just don't do it. He knows how to win. Like I, I just feel like there's no way around it. Obviously, the defense had a big part in that. Yeah, but, you know, there's no way around it, man. It's just some people. They just know how to win. They just when that feeling hits you, that nervousness, they know how to shut that shit off and and, and do what the fuck they do. So exactly, and I will you say know, that the the offense the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh yeah, y'all niggas did Patrick wrong. <laughs> My nigga, they could have put me and you in there. We could have done a little bit better than that. Bro. I'm telling you, I can't. I you wish were- I could remember what the name of the dude was from the Buccaneers, but and I don't remember the position because I'm terrible when it comes to positions. But yeah. um. He was a tall, dark-skinned black dude who was just tackling Mahomes all day and just in his face because he just kept busting through the O-line. Was it the nigga with the nub? Like, there's a, there's yes, a line. The one who was missing a finger. You're right. Yeah, he's actually missing two fingers. <laughs> Whew, well, he made yeah. up for that shit. <laughs> hey, never fucking hold, never hold firecrackers in your hands, kids. That's literally how it happened. Nah, that's nah. And that's right on the box. I mean, that's like simple instructions. Bruh. They tell you that, you know. Bro, right it tells you right on the fucking box. Uh. But nonetheless, great game if you're a Tom Brady fan. Uh, not so much great game if you're a Mahomes fan or if you're a uh, Chiefs fan. But when it, become, when it comes to the hip-hop world, of course, we were just talking about how intertwined they are. Um, and you got Jay-Z. He's at the... I want to say he's the... He's the guy who kind of makes and hires the, the halftime performers. I feel. And I don't know if you remember when he uh he had like that meeting with Roger Goodell for the NFL. Yeah. He be, he became like the head of of something. I think is pretty much the person who determines what the halftime performance is going to be. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I want to say last year, or if not last year, two years ago, uh, Travis Scott was there. Then J Lo was there, which I guess you could say potentially at least part of hip hop. <laughs> uh, so when I she guess, got her start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's a fact. That's a fact. I never look back. Uh, and, and then this year, um, uh, you had the weekend. Yeah. Now, now, I, I you know, I, first of all, I thought it was crazy that he spent seven million dollars of his own money for that set, which is crazy to me. Now, mind you, another thing that I've heard about Super Bowl uh, performers is that they actually don't get paid, and it's all just for publicity and you know, blah, blah, blah. 
But I do feel like um, the fact that he didn't bring anybody out and had, I thought he had a really good performance, a creative performance. I thought the show was dope. I thought the show was dope, man. I was actually surprised that the weekend, first enough, first of all, had enough fast songs. <laughs> I've been saying yeah, that for hey, weeks. <laughs> that's what me and my brother were talking about. We were like, "Yo, hold on, this nigga got like three fast songs, and the rest of them are really, really slow. How is this gonna work out?" Exactly. the <laughs> The performance was good. It was way better than I thought. Although I was not a big fan of when he went into that, and I think most of the internet was not a big fan of when he went into that uh that gold box or whatever and was spinning around <laughs> and all that other shit. I was just like, "All right, let me just go ahead and drink my beer and listen to the words." Yeah, hey. Because Let me just say, if you was intoxicated while that shit was going on, my nigga, you felt like how that nigga was trying to make you feel, I feel. Because that shit was making me dizzy and some more shit, dog. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. And then the memes that came out of that was funny as shit. Like, one of them was like, when you're in the bathroom, drunk as hell, and they play your favorite song. <laughs> shit, I gotta get back out there. I saw one, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Titanic. There's a clip where Le- the the two main actors are Leonardo DiCaprio and I think Kate Winslet, mm. and their characters are like at a party and they're dancing, and of course you know they grab each other by the arms and then they start swinging in a circle like laughing and all this other shit, right? So yeah. there was a, they took the one of the they took two of the clips from that performance of the weekend. Look how he's spinning in the background, and then Kate Winslet looks like she's spinning, and, and then he's spinning making a different face. And she's been making a different face. I forgot exactly what it said, but if you, like it was, it was perfect because if you like, I said if you've ever seen Titanic, y'all you remember that fucking scene. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That that joint was a little weird and it was a little nauseating. Not not in a bad way, not because of the music or anything like that, but just the camera was just I don't know. It was a little weird, but um, but nonetheless, man, I, I thought the shit was dope. I thought um, I honestly am not the biggest weekend fan. Uh, but I heard a lot of shit that I like. You know, I heard, I heard a lot of shit that was dope. And uh, I yeah, I might actually go back and listen to a couple of those songs because it's like I realized I've heard more of the weekend's music than I've ever thought that I have. Yeah, Just me too. Didn't yep. know it was him. Yeah, no, honestly, the same. And, and even though I feel like he has a pretty distinctive voice to a certain extent, but I still feel like uh, you know the same that there was well, there was a lot that a lot of those I songs knew. are different. Like they don't sound the same. They all sound very different. And to me, yeah. his voice sounds a little bit different on each one. But I mean, yeah, yeah. again, like I've never heard all of his music, especially not all of it together like that before. <laughs> so, yeah. um, no, I now, everyone knows that when you perform the Super Bowl, pretty much streams of music, which means money incoming towards the artist, increases. Mm-hmm. And the weekend's yeah. uh, streams increased 41% after his uh, Super Bowl halftime performance. That's pretty dope. And, you know, he actually put it pretty smart because he, I think he dropped a Greatest Hits album the weekend, no pun intended, <laughs> the weekend before the, the weekend of the Super Bowl. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, so, yeah, man, I, I feel like artists can really capitalize off of this. And I feel like when you do a halftime show, you know, motherfuckers in Omaha, Nebraska, who've never listened to rap in their life, you know, you might get a fan just like that. You know, guys who are watching football, and then they watch the halftime show. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's it's worth it. You know, obviously he spent a lot of money, but if if those sales increase, I know he has a world tour coming up. Uh, and, and honestly, I think I think the weekend is one of the biggest artists in the world. To be honest, you know what I mean? I feel like he, right now, I feel like he has enough songs with enough different people. He's made songs with Daft Punk. He's made songs with uh, I can't, I think her name is Rosalia. Okay. Uh, super big Spanish artist. I want to say. 
And, and I, I feel like he's done a lot of different shit, made songs that are kind of popish, made songs that are hip hop with Future, uh, Young Thug, a lot of the Cash Money, or not Cash Money, uh, just the whole Young Thug group and shit. So I don't know. I, I just feel like he he's plugged in in enough places that he's definitely a, a good pick, uh, in my opinion, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I kind of was against it, but I mean, like after I mean after a while, it turned out to be a good performance. And they've they've had way worse people, in my opinion, who I thought should have never done the Super Bowl than the weekend. So yeah. you know, hey, more power to them. And I know you got to do something that's more of a uh, an overall cloud crowd pleasing event. Like we were kind of pissed like yeah. a couple years ago when the Super Bowl was in Miami, but they didn't have none of the Miami niggas uh, perform. Or no, not Miami in uh, Atlanta. And there was so many oh, Atlanta yeah. artists that could have performed, but none of them ended up performing in it. Bruh, I remember um, when they were doing the uh, the Bad Boy reunion tour. Yeah. They were saying, um, free tax, by the way. I was listening to a Tax Stone uh, interview the Locks, uh-huh. and they were, they were talking about um, how Diddy was in conversation with having, potentially having the Bad Boys reunion tour to do the, um, the halftime show for the Super Bowl that year. And that would have been fucking crazy. That would have been vicious. My nigga, that would have been historic right there. Historic. If you hear Wild Out at the Super Bowl. No, boy. Nigga, what? Them niggas going to come out and lighten it up after the after fucking halftime, dog. Yo. But that, I don't think they'd ever do that. Not Because, I mean, of all the bad boy artists, right, I can only see a couple of them getting away with performing halftime shows. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you think Black Rob would perform at halftime? Hell no. He wasn't even on the reunion <laughs> tour, nigga. Shit. Oh, he wasn't? No. Him or <laughs> Craig Mack. <laughs> well, yeah. So, and I thought it was always fucked up because it was like right after they did the, the reunion tour, Craig Mack died. Yeah, that is kind of fucked up. And them niggas must have felt kind of, whoever whoever made that decision to not include him on that tour must have felt pretty shitty. Did he? <laughs> Hold on, did they have issues or something like that? I don't know. But, you know, like they said it was a bad boy reunion tour. There was a lot of bad boy artists left off that damn roster. <laughs> Cause I mean, there was what there was the white girl's dream. There was the band. There was Craig Mack, Black Rob, Mark Curry. Uh, who else? Oh, there was a bunch of niggas. You know, I'm I'm, yeah. sorry, I'm a little <laughs> fucked up right now to be naming names and shit. And, and, and the funny thing is, there was probably people who were on that tour that probably weren't part of Bad Boy as much. Hey, like his son. His son had a set with like two or three songs with some with some group that he was with. And then, like I said, the special guest at the end of the night was DMX. So like, oh, you, did they, you, did you go to that joint? Yeah, I went to that joint. I was shit. I was in the building. Fuck the bullshit. <laughs> Yo, no bullshit. I feel like that shit must have been lit, dog. That oh, it was vicious. Lit. And I tell you the truth, when DMX came out, DMX did all of three songs, and he was at the very end of the joint, and had Man. that joint more turned out than everybody else that hit the stage oh, that man. night, with possibly the exception of Faith Evans, Lil Kim. And one twelve. Ah shit! Because when when they all came on, people lost they shit. And I'm not gonna lie, when Total <laughs> came on, they lost their shit too. I know I did because right. I love me some Total. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck was our? What were we talking about before we started? Talking? I don't even remember what our uh, main topic. Was. We had just we was talking about a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hey yo, that's how you know we haven't had one of them. Lost our train of thought moments in a long time. I feel no bull but, conversation. Just yeah. Gone. Hey, look, man, we 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 need the locks featuring Black Rob. We need Breathe Easy at the fucking Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need it in my life. 
Yo, that's that's one of the hardest hip hop beats of all time, though. I'm sorry. Oh hell yeah. Alright, so recently, Juicy J, formerly of the power group known as the Three Six Mafia, has called himself the Tom Brady of the rap game. Mm. I don't feel like I'm overly qualified to speak on his Tom Brady-ness. I know that he's had many a hit since he was not with the group, and of course he had many a hit with the group. So I get what he's talking about. But what's your take on this? Because you are the you're the more knowledgeable member of this crew with when it comes to Three Six Mafia and its members. Okay, so let's let's just look at what he's saying. And you know, obviously, I feel like he kind of you know mainly said it just because of you know it being the Super Bowl and you know him just kind of. You know, just being in that feeling, you know, and, 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 you know, people were talking about it. And I'm sure somebody else probably tweeted out, yo, Drake is a Tom Brady a rap or, or, you know, whoever they thought or felt was the Tom Brady a rap. Mm-hmm. And then probably, you know, put his two cents with it. So I'm going to just say this, right? I feel like it's hard to make that claim that you're the Tom Brady a rap mm-hmm. because when people talk about Tom Brady, they talk about the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. With respect to Juicy J, I don't think anybody's is having a conversation that Juicy that Juicy J is the greatest of all time. People might include him in one of the most influential artists. People, you know, and and again, this is with all due respect. I'm a humongous Juicy J fan. I think he's I think he's amazing. But I just feel like when people t- have these conversations, and you, you know, you're referring to guys like you know Jay Z, Biggie, a lot of the older guys that I can't think of the name right now, Wayne, you know, fuck even Drake in there, who's who's had, you know, a ridiculous amount of hits. Mm-hmm. I feel like Juicy J is just not one of those artists that people think of, you know what I mean? So I feel like I get what he's saying, kind of like what you were saying, that, you know, it makes sense for him to, you know, make that claim. But I feel like when people say Tom Brady, they're referring to the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think too many people would say that. About Juice? Yeah. I just feel like it's it's a bad comparison, and he kind of set himself up for people to kind of go on him a little bit. Because I don't know if you saw, but people are kind of pretty much going on him like, "Bro, you're not the Tom Brady rap." It, it was just a setup, you know. It was a self setup. I feel like again, pe- people know that you're great. People know that you're part of a legendary rap group, and that you've you've been relevant in rap for three decades, from the '90s, the 2000s, and even now in the in the teens, in the yeah. 2020s. He's been relevant. He's had uh, his, his songs, and. um I, I feel like he deserves his his respect and his flowers when it comes to that. But I just feel like you have to slow your roll a little bit before people start disrespecting how great you really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I understand it because if if people th- like you said, if people think that you're going to make a claim that you're not really worthy of, they're going to call you out on it. Especially nowadays when we're more connected to the people who make these outrageous claims than ever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. you know social media gives everybody the chance to to wild out and be an asshole to whoever it is that they want no matter their status right. in society so people are going to get after you if they don't believe what you said is true but i mean i understand like you said i understand why he would have said it he's had a long distinguished career he's come back fought against adversity and still come back and been on top as one of the hottest in the game but at the same mm-hmm. time i don't like you're right i don't think he has that career where he can say he's the tom brady of rap now if you want to go and say like Lil Wayne was the Tom Brady of rap or Jay-Z was the Tom Brady of rap or, you know, someone in that upper echelon who was actually running the game for consecutive years that no one could fuck with anything that they did. Then you can call yourself the Tom Brady of rap. I definitely agree with you. 
Tom Brady and or Tom Brady, Jay Z and Lil Wayne have both been relevant since the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Both of them. Both yeah. of them have been relevant to this day since the nineties. So you know, you could say just those two guys right there are without a doubt bigger names just off of the amount of hits that both of those guys have had. Like both of those guys have had uh, like way more hits than Juicy J. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I just I don't know. I just feel like there's other people who have the same criteria as you. Who had more success in that regard so i just feel like i don't think that was a good claim to make but you know it is what it is and i'm sure i'm sure just like all of us watching the super bowl probably was you know having thrown a few back and shit like that he probably put it himself of course so but nonetheless like i said all due respect to my man juicy J. I just feel like that's just not that's just not what it is man that's just you know it's not what it is. not not at all not at all he got a little ahead of himself like you said was probably sipping a little something and start yes. feeling himself so yeah no nah, i We'll, we'll we'll give him that that as a way out is that you know yeah, <laughs> he was hyped over the Super Bowl probably had some brown liquor still in his system oh yeah you know <laughs> no especially if you want some money exactly shit if he wants some shit I know everybody who wants some money that other day was was up was was happier than a motherfucker hell yeah. All right, well, a quick quick note that I saw. We don't have to talk about it too, too much, but it's something that I think will probably be interesting down the line. Uh, Westside okay. Gun and Travis Scott are going to get together to do a collaboration, which means they called it the Griselda's Cactus Boy collaboration. I think that's okay. what they called it. Uh, so we'll see what that produces because um, I was reminded again last night just how much music Travis Scott has out there and just how much of it is actually good now. So... <laughs> It's a combination I'm looking forward to, and still, like, I finally found the West West Side Gun album, but I haven't listened to it yet. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm still on that joint, but uh, I'm liking what I hear from all of Griselda. Period, and I've heard West Side, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I've heard him, you know, give a couple verses on uh, different stuff. So I'm looking forward to hearing what his whole project is. But um, I think it's going to be an interesting collaboration, and it's going to be an interesting sound to it, definitely. Cause Oh, you know, that's that's and that's one of the things that I was thinking of because um one of the things that I will say about Travis Scott is that, you know, obviously his main popular sound is that I can't even think of any other way to put it but that Travis Scott sound. You yeah. know what I mean? There's just no other way to put it. But I have heard him actually rapping. I've, I've even in, in, in um an Astro World he had a, a song where it was over a boom bap beat. You know what I mean? It was the last song on the joint, I think it's called Coffee Bean. One of my favorite uh songs on that album. I but remember that his, song. Yeah. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, that's, I, I feel like he's shown that he could at least rap and keep a, a good flow. So I, I don't have any doubt that they're going to come up with some dope shit, especially since uh, West Side Gun. He's kind of like a, he's dope, right? But I just feel like a lot of his music is very kind of like, it's kind of like, I feel like very, I don't even know how to explain it, dog. It's like a lot of what he says, like, I feel like you kind of have to like really think about it. Like he just has very like, out there references and <laughs> a lot of his song titles are called like WrestleMania 20. I've seen one song called WrestleMania 20 and or, or like random ass wrestler names like rest like B list wrestlers random? like Marty Jannetty. Yeah, I'm telling you. It, it, so so he's he's the more out there out of out of the, out of the trio and Griselda, but they're definitely all dope. And I'm definitely interested. In, do, do you know if this is gonna be just a a song or if it's gonna be like a whole project? I'm assuming it's going to be a project, um, but I didn't really read the article. I just saw the title, and I was like, oh, shit, that'd be something tight to bring in. I figured you might know a little bit more about it, but I was wrong. So, <laughs> you, know you know what's dope, though? That um, 
I think it's dope that he's doing is Travis Scott because, oh, well, let me rephrase that. I think it's dope that Griselda is getting this mainstream love, like a strictly hip hop group is getting this mainstream love because that means that if Travis Scott does this, then Drake might have to do it next. Or if Drake does it, then that must mean other guys who are main rappers in order to kind of cater to that kind of, you know, hip hop fan, mm-hmm. which is going to be a lot more since Griselda is becoming popular. I feel like um, they're going to be forced to have to make music with them. True. And and and, and is going to be forced to rap. Essentially, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, so and and, and and I'm talking about the top guys, and it's going to be dope. I think it's going to be dope that you know I I think it's really dope that Benny the Butcher is where he's at. I think he's probably the top rapper out of out of the three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Man, that that whole trio is dope. I'm glad that Griselda is here to stay. You know, I remember hearing about Benny the Butcher yep. a couple of years ago, and he was kind of just up and coming, like kind of underground a little bit, but he's definitely here to stay and, and getting a lot of attention along with the rest of the Griselda gang. So For sure. definitely big shout out to all of them. Shout out to that collab. Hopefully that done is dope. I'm sure it will be. And yeah, we're going to be waiting for it. And forgive my mis- misspeaking earlier. It's Cactus Jack, not Cactus Boy is what uh, Travis Scott's, um, I guess his record label is called. Oh yeah. yeah Cactus Jack. Yep, yeah. Yep. So Griselda times Cactus Which is Jack. Which kind of weird. I, I'm surprised he was able to make his label that. When Cactus Jack is like, I'm pretty sure it's a trademark and fucking copyright written persona of WWE. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you. Oh watched. yeah, Mankind's other junk. Yeah, Cactus Jack and yeah. um, I can't remember his third persona. Um, dude, dude love. Yeah, there you go, dude love. Uh, yeah, that, so, that's some crazy shit. But hey, who knows? And Travis Scott stay taking a picture, never looking at the camera. That's just yo. He's. I feel like his whole um. His whole gimmick, if you will, is like the, I'm too cool to notice that you're taking a picture of me. Uh, I'm, ex- just, <laughs> I'm just standing here looking at the ground or looking to the left of me and just not acknowledging that you're there. But take like, a picture. Everybody looking at the camera. Cheese, say cheese, cheese. Nigga just look straight down mm-hmm. <laughs> or off to the side or some shit like that. that yeah, I don't know. And, and granted, you know, I, I do feel like it's important to build an image you know as a rapper or as an artist in general just because i feel like just like with everything else you know if you give the fan base a little bit they're going to be hungry for more if you give them too much they're going to be like okay the aura that surrounded this guy is kind of out the window now true you know Very like true. i remember like the whole frank ocean thing like him be, or even now like you can still say that about him now the fact that he's not seen out and about he doesn't do features like that. He doesn't do shows like that. He doesn't really, you don't really see him at all. You know what I mean? The nigga, for Christ's sake, was living in Japan in between albums in his last joint. So I just feel like when you do that, you build a level of anticipation for the fan. So I, I do feel like that might be why Travis Scott does what he does. Um, well, I mean, that's good. Like I said, you need time away to replenish your creative juices to get more life experience so you have more shit to talk about i mean it's cool that you can you know put out a mixtape every month of the year and then put out two albums that year yeah that's great but the content of your music is going to suffer because of that no i agree i agree and you're just you're just going to sound stale and like again that was one of the things i didn't like about when they started really pumping the mixtape shit every day even i said even Lil wayne after a while started sounding stale and just repeating himself yeah. so it's just like even the best of us can't maintain that pace forever no, that's a fact. That is a fact. All right. Well, let's get into this last topic before we jump into these uh, first listens for this week. Um, yeah. And that last topic is 
We're talking about rappers that have managed to go Hollywood and be quite successful at it. Because there's a bunch of rappers who have been in one-time movies or, you know, maybe two times been in movies. Like I say, Rod Digger was in the movie 13 Ghosts, but I've never seen her in another movie. Nas was in Belly, and so was DMX. But um, I only remember DMX from maybe two other movies besides Belly, and I don't think I've ever seen Nas in another film. So... You know what I'm saying, but we're gonna let's just talk a little about about these rappers and um, the transition and all the things that kind of come with it. So I want to uh, say, yeah, I mean, go ahead. And, you know, we were thinking about this list before you know show started, and at first we could only think of like the the pretty much the super basic ones: Ice Cube, Ice T, LL Cool uh, J, LL Cool J, and you know pretty much everybody who's on syndication television right now. Mm-hmm. And, and and we just forgot about pretty much everybody else, which, you know, guys like fucking uh, uh, Snoop Dogg. You know, yeah. he's one of the biggest examples of that. Yeah, uh, he's gone Hollywood. He's been in, you know, the, the most vicious part about Snoop is, and I feel like this is why it's worked so well for Snoop, is because he's been able to keep his image. He hasn't had to compromise his image almost any, any like he's able to smoke and be Snoop anywhere he goes. Like pretty it doesn't much. matter where he is, no matter what the set is. He's, I've always seen him with a J lit in his hand. So, and it's like I figure. I mean, I don't know if he just simply goes after roles like this, but or if they give them to him just because of who he is. But a lot of the roles he essentially like in the handful of movies I know Snoop from, he plays himself. Like, yeah, what, right. he was the pilot in um that that Kevin Hart movie, uh, Soul Plane. Yep. He was the pilot, and he was essentially himself. He was yeah. uh, one of the main guys in that movie, The Wash, about the car wash, and mm-hmm. he was himself in that movie. The 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 cameo he had in um, Half Baked, he was himself. So, you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't really ever have to go outside of himself. And like he had his own show on YouTube where he was interviewing people. Damn himself. He got the jump with Martha Stewart on TV. Damn himself. Like Snoop has mm-hmm. been able to get and make himself in movies tv and everything and like you said maintain that he is snoop dog he is the smoke dog he is he is the fucking nigga that we grew up knowing so you're right i agree with that 100 percent. and and you know i i really do feel like again that's why it's worked so well and why he his brand hasn't suffered from it because you know a lot of the guys that we were going to mention next you could say that a lot of these guys once they kind of went into hollywood their career kind of as a rapper kind of went down the toilet. Like, you know, the, the artist that kind of sparked this idea was ludicrous. And we were talking about how, you know, his first, I guess his first movie he did was the, the second Fast and Furious. And then, I mean, I don't know if that was his first, but that was definitely his first major movie that he yeah. was in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was in everyone after that. Or I said, most of them, I would probably say. Um, but nonetheless, he was a major part of, of that movie and that, and that, and that series of that genre. And uh, I don't know. It was just after that, I feel like you can't really say he had a major rap career after that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, uh, and and that's just one example. You know, Will Smith is another one. You know that, like, you know, okay, going to Hollywood. You know, you were a rapper before Fresh Prince, and then all of a sudden, man, fuck rapping. Exactly. You know? so, was he on so, TV for like seven years, and then all of a sudden he was Mr. Summer Blockbuster for like a decade. <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, man. I, I, again, like I said. Some of these rappers, they got to do, you know, how you were saying that they'll do cop roles or something that might compromise who they are as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And now, like, if you hear certain people who, you know, talk about, you know, doing wild shit and fuck police and shit like that, and then you do a show as the police, it kind of just fucks up your whole credibility and all that shit. 
So I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like when most rappers take that route, it's usually detrimental to their rap career. Mm-hmm. Why they need to make it as an actor, you know? What yeah. I mean? So, um, yeah, man. And, and I think you see it every time. You think, you know, when, when you talk about Ice Cube, is another rapper who, once he really started acting, you could say that, I mean, maybe he didn't need to continue rapping. Maybe I mean, if you're making good enough money. Exactly. So, I don't know, man. I, I just, you know, I just find that interesting thinking about all of them. And there's very few rappers that, like, have been able to keep their fucking brand alive, but also, you know, venture into Hollywood. And again, I feel like it's mainly when they're able to be themselves in these movies or in these shows mm-hmm. or whatever they, they join. Well, I'll tell you, there's other examples, like we were saying, Common has been in a handful of movies. Uh, like, I know Lucky Number Slevin, and he was in the, uh, I think it was the second, or was it the first John Wick movie? He's been in a couple, though. I think, I think it was the first John Wick movie he was in. But yeah, he was the guy, he killed, um, John Wick killed him in the subway. Oh, he was in John, in, in um, what is it, John Wick? Mm-hmm. I think it was the first one. I'm pretty sure it was the first uh, one. John, John, uh... What the fuck is that movie? What'd you say? John Wick with uh, Keanu John Reeves. Wick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you had Method Man, who's been on a number of TV shows like The Wire and The Jump with 50 Cent. Hey, was he on that jump? I don't remember. What, he was on that. Yeah, was he on Power? I'm pretty sure he was on Power. I, I haven't watched Power. Oh, I think he was on yeah. Power. I could be wrong. But he's also been in movies. Yeah, he's been in a whole bunch of movies, a whole bunch of random TV shows. Uh, Queen Latifah, which is obvious, which I think is probably the female equivalent of uh, Will Smith when it comes oh, to yeah. used to be a rapper and is basically now just an actor. I mean, she went on to like I think five seasons, six seasons of um of uh, Living Single, and then after that, just movies, blockbuster on blockbuster on blockbuster, and then, of course, as she's gotten older, you know, she stayed with it, like, she's made smaller movies, she made holiday movies, blah, 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 but she's still out here, and now she got a new TV show on one of them big channels, and she's the main joke, so, you know, she's back on her shit, Tupac, R.I.P. to the dead, but he was, he was a rapper first, and then uh, was in a bunch of movies before he passed, Drake started out as a, as an actor, before becoming a rapper, Eve had a TV show for I think like five or six seasons on TV, and then of course Fifty Cent with his with his projects, of course acting yeah. all through that stuff. So and again, when you talk about Fifty Cent, I, I really do feel like Fifty Cent has had the ability, and maybe it's just because he's more of a dickhead, <laughs> kind of like an asshole, probably. And and he'll probably you know fucking just pretty much shove his way into the position that he wants to be in. Like yo, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it my way, and y'all niggas not gonna tell me shit. So I feel like I feel like fifty probably. I mean, again, I haven't watched Power, but I, I feel like just the little clips that I've seen, I feel like he probably plays himself. Like he doesn't play anything that's too far off from what he would be. You know what I mean in True. real life? True. So yeah, I feel like I feel like that's why somebody like Fifty hasn't really had no issue with that. I would say. Yeah, yeah, very true. Similar to the whole uh, Snoop Dogg situation. You're right. You're right. But um, now nah, let, let me just say though that like uh, when it comes to Drake, like I remember when I was I want to say ninth grade or maybe it was eighth grade when. The first Drake song I had ever heard. Now, this wasn't the first Drake song that came out or that was popular or anything like that. But it was the first song that I heard. And it was a collab with Lil Wayne. Hmm. And I remember this was when Lil Wayne was at his hottest. And then it was, it was a song called Ransom. And I remember I heard that joint. And I remember thinking, yo, this nigga's kind of nice. Uh, talking about Drake. And it was him rapping. It was him straight up rapping. And I just remember finding out that he was a Degrassi artist and how like how or Degrassi character and how much that like impacted my like, oh, this just kind of whack. You know, what yeah. I mean, just off of finding out who it was. But um, once I kind of got past that, though, I kind of was OK. 
I, and, and honestly, like I said, I don't think I, I would have ever guessed that he was the next biggest fucking thing for the next 10 years. You know? Yeah, no, I never would have thought that. Never in my right. whole life. But hey, you know, I guess um, anything can happen these days. <laughs> yeah. Facts. All right, well, why don't we go ahead and slide into these first listens? We've got, uh, I think, like, what, one, two, three, four, like six songs to go through uh, for today. Uh, so uh, um, yep. which ones? Which one would you like to start with today, sir? Let's start with the one that's making the most noise that I've seen uh, through the internets, and that's, of course, uh, the late, great Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z. I'm not sure whose song it is. It just says both of their names. It doesn't say featuring. It just says Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z. Mm-hmm song called what it feels like now i've heard a lot of good things but I'm, i have yet to hear this song and I'm, I'm guessing you haven't heard it either nope not yet but yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely curious as to what we're gonna hear <laughs> all right let's do it all right bet a few minutes later so what do you think about this gentleman i thought this joint was pretty vicious honestly it was really good to hear nip rap lyrics i haven't heard <laughs> before right now <laughs> And it goes, I mean, it just flows really together. Like, it meshes very well with both their sounds. I don't know, man. It was just, like I said, it was just really good to hear Nip's voice again, honestly. No, definitely. And, you know, as as somebody who caught Nip towards the end of his uh, life, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, I remember when we reviewed uh, Victory Lap, I'm Victory sorry. Lap. We reviewed Victory Lap. That was the first time that I really dove into a Nipsey album and a project. Same here. Like I said, I knew him only from from interviews, from listening him do interviews. Right. Yep. Exactly. So, and and I always liked what he stood for. I always liked the energy that he kind of gave out. And you know, that was the first time that I really dug into like a, a, a body of music that he made. And uh, yeah, it just it just sucks not being able to see the progression of him as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I know that posthumous releases, you know, a lot of times are are kind of weird it doesn't really sound like this is what the artist would do or whatever but i feel like what they've been releasing lately at, you know since he passed i feel like has kind of fit his sound a lot like this beat 100 i feel like fits his sound I that's agree. why flow and everything about it it fit perfectly in my opinion i feel like it's a great song i feel like jay came pretty strong on it i feel like both of them pretty strong on it um only thing you know we were just talking about the outro as long as hell and I know a lot of times they do that for just ambiance, I guess. Yeah, like cinematic uh, effect almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I get that, you know, but um, I don't know. I I just feel like I wish it probably could have been like maybe 30 seconds shorter, maybe. Yeah. Something along those lines. But overall, I don't feel like it really impacts the song in a negative way. You just, if you don't want to listen to it, you can just press next or whatever. So um, I thought the show was dope, though. I thought it was really dope. No, I think it's a really dope-ass song, too. And honestly, the beat sounded almost almost Maybach music-ish. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely had a Maybach song. And, but, I mean, like, it was... It was just a really well put together song. Like it, it was really, really good. And they, like you said, they've been doing pretty good when it comes to posthumous music for a lot of the artists recently. Although yep. I will say that a couple of Pop Smoke songs, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of uh, yeah. posthumously. Um, but this one, again, well, very well done. I don't know who the producer was on this bitch, but yo, you did your fucking thing, like. But see, I, I feel like that's why it matters who's in charge of the uh, the artist's estate, you know, when they pass. Because a lot of times it might be their family and, you know, whether they're doing it out of malice or not, you know, they might be in a situation where they need money and they're just like, fuck it, let's just slap this shit together and put it out. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because people are going to buy it. People are going to be on top of it. But I do feel like whoever is running, you know, Nipsey's his estate, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that he's uh, or he or she is... is is doing 
I guess the best that they could to, to keep that Nipsey sound alive and you know and just just do pretty much what Nip would do. Let's be real. The person running that man's estate is Lauren London. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> and you know, and, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised because I do feel like from everything that we saw, you know, how the relationship was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure Nip was putting her on game and mm-hmm. and getting her hip to how you know things would were run and shit like that. So I, I don't doubt that she had. And she would she would know what he would have wanted or how he would have wanted it to work. <laughs> like she's the one, and as 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 ride or die as she is for him. I really don't see anybody else that he would have put in charge of that. And honestly, I feel like as an extension, we don't know Lauren, but we know what Lauren would do where we have an idea of what Lauren would do. So I feel like they would have had to make the song and then have Lauren clear it before they did any of the whole mastering to to release and all that other shit. So like, I feel like Nip's hand is in it because Lauren's hand is in it. Thanks. And that's like no, the strongest like you know, I feel like she'll never do anything to tarnish his his legacy or his name. No, for sure. And um one of the things that I don't know if you've seen this earlier this week, that was just and it just goes to show how fucking retarded the internet is that um they were saying that Lauren London was pregnant supposedly and, and, and like the internet was kinda going at her about it and saying like, Oh, how how you saying you love Nip and you already got pregnant by another nigga, but she wasn't pregnant. Of course she's not. Like I was like, if Lauren London ever gets pregnant, it's gonna be like five to seven plus years down the line before we ever hear about her being in any kind of relationship. And even if she is, which here's the thing, you know, I, I do feel like even as Nipsey fans I feel like we have to, you know, come to the conclusion that she's a woman. She's a young, beautiful woman. Yeah. She's a young, beautiful woman who, I mean, she has to live a life. You know, Mm -hmm. she can't stuck in here. And as much as a lot of fans would hate to hear it, but I do feel like Nip would want for Lauren to be able to come to peace with this, move on, be somebody who can make her happy again. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm going off like her, like what, but I don't say what to say. My personal would be, but it was like, yeah, if you lose the love of your life, someone that you were that close to, I would guarantee you ain't really looking to have no type of relationship for probably five to seven years after that person dies not to say you ain't out here fucking because you probably are everybody needs to get it out yeah but relationship babies and all that other shit she's already gonna have a microscope on her i don't see her playing those dumb games you know i'm like especially where where how nip died you know he died so tragically you know shot in the middle of his shop it's it's such a just a fucked up thing to deal with Especially with him dying, how he passed, you know, I, I just don't see uh, her being in that mindset where, you know, like you said, where she'll put herself out there. And, and even if she were to have a child, you know, I'm sure there's a way for her to stay off of everybody's radar and not let that be out. Because, you know, just because of the reaction that would come out from ignorant ass, dumb ass niggas that's going to be on her neck for doing what she's supposed to do. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that that was a shame. You know, this week I, I, I'm telling you, I seen a lot of people that was obviously just reacting to a rumor. Ultimately, is what it ended up being. And uh, yeah, she responded to it, and she was like, pretty much saying, like, you know, I'm still a grieving woman right now. It's it's been not even two years since he was brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. It, it just hurts that you know I read this kind of shit and people feel a certain kind of way and put that kind of energy out when. It's not the case at all. And, and you know, like, it, again, you always talk about how we have this fast food culture, no matter where it comes to news, music, everything. And it's just yep. like, 
yeah, we were fans of Nip and it hurt us for a, a while, but yeah. we weren't Nip's family. We weren't his loved ones. Like we don't have that connection that they had with him, which is going to take more than six months to a year to get over that, you know, this nigga is blown. It's not just a, your favorite rapper or, you know, a rapper that you enjoy or a celebrity that you see every now and then. This was their family. This was their friend. This was their lover. Like, this is someone they had intimate connections with. It ain't going to be no two years. Y'all just need to respect her privacy and leave her to fuck alone to grieve. Like, that's it. You know, you bring up a really good point because I feel like because of social media, a lot of fans feel like they know these rappers. Mm-hmm. And they, they like and the truth is, right? The truth is, nobody knows these motherfuckers but their fucking close people that are actually around them. Exactly. You know, just like just like how people you know you portray certain images that like you know the real person, so you know that this isn't them. Nigga, rappers do that shit times ten because they fucking are millionaires. Exactly. You know what I mean? So so for people that feel like they know what somebody would want or whatever, like like you said, you know, think about how the family feels. Like these are actually people who knew these people. Like as as sad as we are as fans, imagine how the family feels, particularly his his wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy, man. And, and honestly, with with the internet being what it is and and how it keeps going the way it's going, I feel like this is just unfortunately going to be inevitable for her that whenever whenever it is that she does you know press up back out there and, and meet somebody i'm sure she's going to try to hide it as, as much as she can just because even if it's years down the line the internet is just going to be a fucking stupid as hell and be on top of it mm-hmm. you know it never um, forgets the internet never forgets shit yeah facts mm-hmm. but but let's go on to the next song though yep yep uh, that was the wild wild off off tangent <laughs> Super wild. <laughs> but let's go ahead and go on to the second song of the day, which is Calling My Phone, uh, Lil TJ and Black. Alright, let's do it. Let's do it. A few minutes later. So what do you think about that, John Bro? I thought it was actually surprisingly pretty good. The only thing I really could was weird was the fucking random like sharp cuts in the beat. And it just sounded like bad editing. Yeah, but that was about it. I thought the song was pretty dope. I thought the shit was dope too. Uh, honestly, I, I actually just added it to my playlist. But like this one of them joints you get, you get the you get your female friends hip to, and they be like, "Oh, Chris, we know all the five music." Damn, it's <laughs> just that vibey that they like. They like this kind of vibe, you know what I mean? And I don't know. I think this one is dope. I, I think it's a dope ass song. I, I think Black is a really underrated ass fucking artist. I think he's a really good singer. I feel like he makes really good songs. And yeah, I think the joint was dope, man. I think I think the joint was really dope. Yeah, I think it was pretty dope too. Like I said, the beat was just really, the beat was very well done, except for those random cuts, like right at the end of the chorus into the next verse. Like it was just really sharp. I don't know, but that, that was the only thing I had to say bad about it. I gotta go back again and listen, and listen to the to the lyrics more clearly again. But you know how that goes. Yep, I feel you. All right, let's go ahead and go on to the next one then, which is uh, "Rich Nigga Problems" by Aesop Rocky. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, bet. let's do it. A few minutes later. So what do you think about this genre? I actually thought this genre was really dope. I love the beat. I love his rhyme on it. Like the whole joint pretty much was flawless for me. So uh, I want to know, is this a pro? Because that song or the, the, the cover art on Spotify for that song is the same cover art yeah. as the Nipsey jump. So that has to be an album that we now have to go check out. 
Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, fact. no, definitely. Uh, I want to say it's for a. I'm not sure if it's a movie or if it's a new series that's out on HBO. Okay. So if you have, if you have HBO uh, Max, go check that out. Which I'm actually about to check out after this podcast. Okay. But less. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, I thought this one was really dope. I thought the beat was really dope, and this like the beat really caught my my attention. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, ASAP Rocky has some slightly questionable production choices, but I feel like he definitely came correct with this. I feel like this beat really caters to his abilities, in my opinion. And I feel like he had a lot of really dope bars in here. To be honest, I feel like he had a lot of dope uh, lines that that really, you know, hooked me to the song. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a dope idea, dope concept, and really dope song. I agree, one hundred percent. All right. right. Um... The next song on the list is Cardi B's newest single, Four Up. So let's go ahead and check that out. Let's do it. Let's do it. A few minutes later. <laughs> I love Cardi. Yo, I love Cardi B. First of all, I love Cardi B as a whole. I think she's the most entertaining. She's honestly, right, one of the most entertaining people of this era, in my opinion. What is entertaining? Period. You know, just hilarious, and I feel like that laugh at the end was just <laughs> like one hundred percent Cardi B. But let me just say this before we talk about the song: fuck the U.S. Donald Trump just got acquitted uh, for whatever the shit he was getting charged with. So y'all already know what that means. That shit is fucking crazy. But y'all heard it here first. Even though y'all probably not gonna hear this for a couple of days, so yeah, you're probably gonna hear this last actually. But uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, fuck Donald Trump. But anyways, let's get back to the review. Yeah, that's crazy. But, oh, um, my God. But, yeah, so up about Cardi B. Now, let me just say this. Let me preface this because we are a uh, podcast with a lot of class and culture on this pod- God-given podcast. Let me just say that right now. And I'm going to say that because I'm going to acknowledge this. I've actually seen a video out there of a rapper who has a song that's the hook is literally the same exact hook that he used. And I, I want to say that song was kind of buzzing a little bit wherever he's from. But um, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Possibility that this was Jack. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's what the that's what's being argued. And I'm gonna just say that the song that was shown definitely 100 is almost like an exact copy as far as the hook goes. Oh wow! Right? But the beat is completely different. It's a different song. But the hook, the if it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's like that was definitely something from his song. Now I don't know what the logistics of it is. I'm just throwing that out there as a preface that we know we are a cultured podcast and we are in tune with the streets, all right? There so definitely just letting y'all know before we get into talking about the song. But, you know, I thought this one was dope. I thought this one was really dope. Um, you know, we were talking about earlier the influence of Juicy J, and I feel like this beat, to me, like the, the drums, like has that Memphis sound that like, you know, a lot of the Memphis rappers, Young Dolph or Yo Gotti, or, or Black Youngster now, or uh, or Moneybag Yo like to use that really kind of high-paced, high bass, high uh, drum patterns that like really just have a high energy. And I feel like this kind of had all of that written all over it. And I thought it was dope. I thought it was really dope. Yeah, you're right. High, very high energy. A song that's basically, you know, I feel like it's like kind of getting us ready to go towards summer. Hopefully there'll be yeah. a summer to get excited about. But yeah, no, it's it's like uh, it's kind of what we needed right now in the in the winter time because everybody's yeah. like you know we starting to get hit with the ice and the snow and all this other shit. So it's something to like you know kind of keep your spirits and be like oh shit you know something fun something a little funny because you know Cardi comes with the funny ass lyrics too. 
Facts. So I, I I thought it was a great song, very entertaining. You should have seen the both of us up here. We was fucking getting down. You know what I'm oh yeah. <laughs> no, let, let, me, let me just say this, right? If you're a Cardi B hater, right? Being that there are Cardi B haters just proves that there are people who really are mad because people are doing good. Like that's literally the. There's I don't find any reason for you to hate on Cardi B if you're a Cardi B hater. But I don't know. That's that's just me. I mean, I you hating on so, a bitch who literally dragged herself out the mud, <laughs> yeah, and made herself into what she is now. And facts, she literally did everything through the grind and everything and everything like that. Now, granted, I'm sure there was you know a couple envelope transactions possibly, but you know I feel like that's just to get into the door. And like Kendrick Lamar's album said, the easy part is getting getting there. The hardest part is keeping where you're at. And Cardi B has shown that she's has the star power to at least maintain everything that she's gotten so kudos to the queen cardi b exactly now see cardi's on that level where what she didn't release two tracks now right about two years after she didn't release her last album and we just been out here floating on two to three track or three tracks because money came first and then came wap and now up so now we we been out here on the third year basically waiting on cardi to come out with an album and every year she just drops a song that's a banger. And All it's a banger for the whole year. So, yeah. <laughs> like, y'all, yeah. y'all can really stop hating on Cardi. She's at that level. She's honestly at that level where she don't really need to pay attention to it. But the fact that she still pays attention to you or pays yeah. attention to it kind of shows you how she's grounded. And I always say people like pe- oh. people are like, no, this is just you're being immature just by climbing, by talking to her, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, like most people are not grounded in their community or with the people that are fans with them. If you're not actually interacting with them, and I mean, yeah, social media is a way to interact with them. Is one way. I mean, like the fact that now she's she's quick tempered. I can't say shit because I'm quick tempered. So, you know yeah. what I'm like, oh. But but I, I'm gonna tell you this right. One thing that I, I really really applaud about Cardi, and it's it's so funny that again people just find reasons to be mad at people because you know people are mad about her doing interviews with Bernie Sanders, and I'm like I think that that is the most ridiculous thing to be mad about because this is somebody who. She even admits that she doesn't know everything about what she's talking about, but that she's willing to learn. And I feel like it's the craziest thing that people will talk down on that. Like, I think any everybody should be willing to learn and willing to try to expand their knowledge on this shit. And that's pretty much what she's doing. Exactly. Regardless of what her knowledge at the point at the point being may be, I feel like the fact that she's making this conscious effort and putting it putting it out there that she wants to learn and really understand what's going on in, in, in politics and all that shit i feel like that's fucking vicious you i know think it's I mean? smart as shit yeah facts so nothing against it in my book like it's more power to her because i mean the more knowledge you collect just the better you become as a person period now nah, fact that's a fact man so shout out to cardi b the song was dope man and uh i i feel like she's gonna keep coming hard with the just facts the next one we had on the list was a song called neighbors by Pooh shiesty Yes, sir. And I am ready whenever you are, sir. I was bet. A few minutes later. All right. What do you think about that, Jumbo? I thought it was pretty good, but there was not a whole lot of variety in the lyrics. Like, um, not talking about like what he was saying, but like in the way he was saying it. Yeah. So it just kind of like. It just kind of all blended together after a while because it was just like the exact same flow, like exact same slow flow over and over and over again. Um, right. But I mean, other than that, like the at least the the chorus, the chorus was different. It was it wasn't a bad chorus, but I mean, like there's just um, 
There's some things I would have changed about this song, and mostly it just how you, the, the way you're delivering the lyrics. Just switch it up a little bit because the the beat is not it's not an overly excitable beat, but it's not a dead beat. But at the same time, it's just like it's a beat that you can get lost in because you you, you end up just listening to the beat because the the lyrics are at the same exact tempo type as the beat is. So yeah, no, no, definitely. And, and granted, you know, f- from what I've heard of Pusha T, he's like one of the niggas that like wasn't really rapping until like maybe like six months ago or some shit like that oh, and, wow. and he was just i guess you know the man doing other things and um and yeah he just started rapping and and, and i feel like you know when guys usually come into the game like that you can kind of tell and i feel like you can kind of tell with him because i'm not gonna say he's offbeat but i feel like he doesn't have the smoothest flow if that makes any sense like, he does have a decent flow but I've, I've heard other people rap over these kinds of beats a little bit better money bag yo i feel like yeah. has a flow but again I, I feel like you know if, if what i heard is true then that, that explains a lot and i feel like it'll it'll only get better with time you know with him just being in the studio making music but i thought this song was dope too i agree with you i feel like it was a little repetitive certain parts definitely sounded a lot like a lot of earlier parts of the song mm-hmm. but I thought, I thought it was dope and, and i actually like the beat i like the energy and i, I like the hook as well so i thought it was that. all right bet, bet. All right, well, that's the end of our first listens for this week. Um, now we're going to, before we get up out of here, as usual, we'd like to do album suggestions. But this this week, we wildin'. We wildin'. We're not even talking about albums this week. We just got no, look, man, we're we going to hit y'all with something even better, though. A lot of y'all is going to be, you know, especially with COVID now, and especially if you're on the East Coast, you're dealing with a lot of fucking snow and ice and all that dumbass shit. So a lot of y'all niggas is going to stay home with your ladies tonight. So what that means, y'all going to be watching something on TV. All right, so we're going to give y'all, you know what I mean, a little good shit to put on. You know what I mean? She's going to be like, damn, Trey, you got good taste in movies. <laughs> or you got good taste in TV. That hey, Girls, if, if it's something that girls love, it's a nigga that got good taste in, in TV. I'm, I'm letting y'all know that. Exactly. So we're going to hook y'all up, man. All right. And uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first today, sir? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. Go ahead. So I went with uh, Guava Island, which is a short film. I believe it's actually 50 Minutes. Starring uh, Childish Gambino and Rihanna, and the reason I brought it up is because I've I've actually asked a lot of people if they've watched it and they haven't watched it, and more so because it's Rihanna. You know, I, I thought you know the majority of people would have are at least known about it, but a lot of people don't know about it that I've asked. So maybe a lot of you guys do know about it and uh, you've already seen it. But if you haven't, definitely go check it out. I think it's really dope. I think uh, Childish Gambino incorporates his music really well into the movie. And he just, he just, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a really dope project. I've always liked Childish Gambino's little short films. You know, he's, he start. Oh, that's another person who started as an actor and then became a rapper and then became a singer. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is crazy. Let, let's just talk about that. That True. like, honestly, you know, he was uh, good enough as an actor to be in a couple different shows and I think a movie, a couple movies. And a couple movies. He was, I thought he was a really good rapper. It's just a subject matter wasn't all that great in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think he's a really good singer. So um, yeah, man, it's just crazy that he's able to do all that. But definitely check out Wawa Island, really dope short film. Throw that joint on for your little Valentine's Day while you're making your Alfredo. Like I know all y'all niggas gonna be making tonight. I'm just saying, we know y'all niggas. Y'all niggas ain't low. <laughs> what a fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> well, my joint is not necessarily a whole Valentine's Day thing. Although you can sit up there and watch it with your boo. Um, but my choice comes from the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe and the first show that they have released 
on uh, the Disney Plus platform or wherever you can go ahead and hit the stream to find it. And it's called WandaVision. And uh, if you don't know anything about the civil, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, essentially it has to deal with Wanda and Vision, duh, the two characters, the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. And just it's it's a whole different thing. I'm not even going to be about here to explain it because you got to watch it to figure it out. Now, some of y'all may not really get down with the first couple episodes because the episodes are modeled after old school TV shows. So the first episode is modeled after the 50s, so it's going to be black and white. Second one is modeled mm-hmm. after the 60s, it's going to be in black and white. Right. Then the third one moves into color in the 70s, then the 80s, then the 90s. So it's just like every episode, they basically jump ahead a decade and all type of crazy shit goes on. There's it's a whole bunch of magic, a whole bunch of science. You see characters that we've seen in other Marvel movies come back uh, to make appearances. So if you just want something interesting to watch, it's kind of a kind of a head trip, but still entertaining, and you still get the Marvel cinematic aspect of everything. Go ahead and check out yeah. WandaVision now streaming on Disney Plus. I just feel like we did a serious plug. <laughs> That's a fact. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, thank everybody for watching as usual. We love and appreciate it. Uh, is there any other words of wisdom you'd like to give the folks out here this week, sir? Look, man, let me just say this, man. It's, it's snowing and sleeting and all kinds of shit going on the East Coast. So definitely get out your boots. And if you don't got no boots, wear double the socks. I'm just saying you're going to thank me later. No Trust bull. me. No problem. But yeah, man, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for always sticking with us. Stay tuned for the album reviews coming up next. As we, excuse me, as we mentioned at the at the top of the podcast. Yep. Yeah, man, stay, keep rocking with us, man. We'll keep rocking with y'all. Exactly, exactly. Now, y'all know y'all can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. Yep. Go ahead and hit us up on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com and search out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And for your listening pleasure, y'all can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcasts. My name is Cooper, and on behalf of my man, Mr. Chris Ben Bass, take care of each other, wash your hands, wash your ass, be good, and if you can't be good, be the best that you can be, please. That's all we ask. Yes, sir. And we That's out. How you do, man. Exactly. We out this motherfucker, y'all. Peace. Peace.